yeah every time i see you, man I, that my liver just like just it's like oh god it's the bad man like like watch out <laughs> well back then it was the the chevy kid with the fro with very uh convincing eyes hey come and drink this you know you want to it was it was the eyes that's what it was um <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Kind of breaking away from the recaps for this episode to interview Eric Jones. I've been looking forward to this one for quite some time now, so let's get right into it. Alrighty, well, I'm here with uh, Eric Jones. Eric, thanks, man, for hopping on, being willing to talk dodgeball with me. I'm really excited to, to see where this goes. Um, let's just start real quick with uh, what team you play for currently. Yeah, I'm currently the team captain of Arsenal based out of San Diego, but uh, we've got guys all over the place. Um, Fullerton, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles. Um, I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some area, but yeah, man, it's been a, a good couple years with these guys. Yeah, so how long have you has Arsenal been around? Uh, Arsenal's been on the scene for about, I want to say about four years. Four years. Yeah, started out with uh, Anthony Miller, myself, uh, Corey Randalez, um, Jaron Jackson, Andrew Turner, <clears throat> Joey Wendorf. And uh, we had our first um, full elite season that year. I think that was like 2013, maybe. 2013, 2014. Gotcha. And, and why Arsenal? Like, what, what's, the, the te- what's the deal with the name? Um, honestly, it was just one that came up in conversation when Anthony, Corey, and I were discussing it. Um, when we first decided to put a team together, we were re- reinventing the Violent Knights. It was a previous team that Anthony Miller was captaining before. So um, we just kind of sat down and spitball for a little while. And when we landed on Arsenal, we we all agreed that it was a pretty pretty solid name. And we had no idea that it was a soccer team because none of us follow soccer. But <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, so we always get those those comparisons like, oh, what's your team name? Arsenal? Oh, like the soccer team. Like, eh, not really, but okay. Yeah, I wondered, honestly, I, I thought about that too. But but knowing you, I was like, well, maybe it's just a coincidence because there's a soccer team name for, for any team you can possibly think of at this point. Um, well, cool. And you guys have obviously, um, I don't want to say matured as a team, but you guys just seem to be getting tougher and tougher as the uh, as the seasons progress. Um can you speak to that at all or like what's um what's helping you guys uh do so well lately honestly i think it's just time you know uh, we've picked up and dropped you know a few players over the couple over the years but the core has been relatively the same and just those guys getting together and you know some of us practicing on sundays together and that chemistry just got intensified as as the years have gone by so i'm really excited to see where we can finish out this year yeah, that makes sense. And um, so kind of segueing into something completely different now, um, how long have you been playing? Uh, I started playing in 2005, so that would be 13 years, uh, minus a brief army stint of four years. Um, yeah, so I guess competitively it would just be what, like nine. If you, if you take out the, the four-year army stint. So did you get any action at all when you're... Um, when you're in the army, like dodgeball wise, did you get to play at all, or were you pretty much just like on a four-year? We'll see if I get to come back to this. 
No, I got to play a little bit. You know, uh, that's where I met the Seattle Street guys when I was up at Fort Lewis. Uh, I met Lucas, and you know, those guys were very open and welcoming when I came up there. And uh, honestly, there's a lot of great, great talent up there. So it was very easy to try to stay sharp. Um, did make a cameo in 2011 for NDL with uh, with Rise. Um, that was a a fun year, but that was my first real um, jump back into competition. Was in 2011. You know, I just, I completely forgot that you were in Fort Lewis and that you um, ran out with the Seattle dudes for a little bit. For some reason, I just remember, uh, you know, basic, then Texas, and then South Korea for like a very long time. So <laughs> I forgot about the Fort Lewis part. Um, crazy. So let's kind of go back to how you first started playing dodgeball. Um, I remember you showing up with all God's people. Do you remember them enough to kind of talk about them a little bit? <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually I think our our second team that came out in uh, 2007 for DWC. Um, Justin Fine and I first started with uh, the Dodgers in 2006 for the the second DWC and just got absolutely trampled. And uh, we decided <laughs> to go back and kind of retune things and came back as as AGP, All God's People, and. Um, we actually had a pretty solid showing there. Um, it's when Joe Kalila first got on the scene and was just a monster, just catching stingers left and right. Yeah, he's always been a, a catch beast. So, Kalila? Uh, Kalea, Kalea, something. Yeah. One day we'll figure I out. I should how to know that right. he's on my team. It's like sorry, my, Joe. Yeah, it's like my fifth episode talking about him and I can't get his name right yet. Um, anyway, so yeah, All God's People, um, you, you said you and Payan got steamrolled. That's. I would never expect to hear that ever nowadays, um, considering where you guys are in terms of your, your skill and your experience. But um, were you guys part of uh, AAA with, with Chase and, and all them? Or did you guys, like, what's the, is there a connection there? I guess I should start there. So when, when I met Pyan, um, it was when the local church in my area was doing dodgeball on, I think, Wednesday nights. And um, that was a, a college group that, that Chase Fendel was, was very active in. And he actually formed AAA from guys that, that worked at the church with him. So right. um, they came back from uh, NDL in 2005 and were talking about it at the, uh, at the open gym. And, you know, some of the current Rise guys were there as well. And that's when we got to meet all of them. And we decided we wanted to put a team together and kind of go and, and compete see what we're, see where we're at um we we took a lot of like pointers and whatnot from chase starting out but um it wasn't really a like a parallel running of, of two teams you know what i'm saying right they just kind of helped um get you guys into the game and you kind of took your own your own path at that point right right gotcha it's funny man and I, I really hope i don't offend anybody um with this but obviously team evil that was our deal back in 2005 and when oh, we yeah. saw chase Fendel and all american apostles and we saw like these guys with jerseys with like the cross on their on their chest we're just like uh i it obviously didn't happen but we we had to th we just foresaw like a good epic battle of good versus evil and that was always like a, a running joke that we kind of had amongst each other. So much, in fact, that we had a scrimmage after all the tournament was 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 done. And um, when when they went back home, and you know, we, well, I guess when we collectively went back home, and we come back and we see all God's people, we're like, okay, what's what's the deal with all these Christian teams? But you know, it was cool because people were still playing dodgeball. But at the same time, 
it just it it always made me wonder because no offense to you, but like you don't strike me as like the model Christian, so I'm just like, mm. <laughs> like like comparing you to Chase, maybe a little bit different, but uh, before I get into any more of a grave to each his own, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I just wondered, I always wondered about that, so um, that makes sense. And so going back to you know Chase introduces you guys to dodgeball, what uh, what what kept you like what was it what was it about dodgeball that that just hooked you? Um, it was very fast paced and very different than anything else I've ever done, you know, um, in like junior high, high school, you know, I was, I was a wrestler and, you know, played football. So dodgeball was just completely not even on my radar. Like got the first little taste of, uh, that open gym. And I was that guy who would get a ball and just be like, so antsy and just looking like a nerd, just throwing from halfway back on the court and getting caught, but still wanted to keep coming back and trying to get better and hopefully beat some of these guys who've been doing it for a little while. So Nice. So did you ever play dodgeball as, as a kid or, or in uh, like gym class ever? No, they actually never let us in school. Um, what's weird is the, <laughs> the San Diego school system has a no dodgeball policy, which is very – very weird. I, I think it's a great, great sport that should be brought in very um, to kids at a very young age, you know, get them kind of in that teamwork kind of atmosphere. Plus that's, it's fun as well. So, yeah, that's, I mean, so I, I remember like 2005, 2006, there was like this big public outcry of like dodgeball should be banned in schools. It promotes bullying. And it's, it started to tie into like the, the wussification of America like dodgeball is like the last bastion, the last thing that was going to fall before we, we all became complete um, wimps. But um, it's it's ironic that of all places, dodgeball in San Diego is banned when you have uh, good teams like Rise coming out of there and you guys and and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's pretty weird how that worked out. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange, strange place in my opinion, but we make do. I'll, I'll say. Um, so... So you guys played in the church for a little bit. Um, like, what what is San Diego dodgeball like now versus what it was like back then? Like, were you part of the In Cahoots tournaments at all? Did you participate in those? No, um, I was I was too young in Inca- for In Cahoots back then. But um, my understanding is that place was was pretty insane. Um, but now, I mean, we have our our San Diego eight point five on Sundays. You know, four and a half hours of of just dodgeball. You know, just getting in there, mixing up teams. And just getting better. Just a bunch of guys who were committed to to getting better at the sport. Um, before we had like one league in San Diego, and it was the Vavi League, um, which was fun in a social setting, but not really what you're looking for as as a competitive player. Um, but over the last couple of years, there's been um, like Club Walk has come out, and they started a foam league on Tuesdays here in uh, Eagle Rock Yacht Club. Um, is growing in San Diego now as well, coming down from, from LA. And in my opinion, I've been a part of that for four or five seasons now. And, uh, the competition is, is definitely getting better in that league. So, um, I see a lot of good things in the future for San Diego. Nice. So there's definitely more to it than your Sunday practices then is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. I, that's always been, uh, I don't want to say mystery of mine, uh, cause the discipline definitely makes sense for you guys, but you know, I, I got to participate in a quote-unquote practice with with you guys back in like 2013, 14. 
and um, you know it was fun but I just like wondered um, how do they keep getting better and better playing against each other but then if you guys continue to up the the ante and, and get crazy with your drills and your, your discipline then that kind of answers itself but I wondered if there was more of dodgeball out there for you guys so um, real quick what what was Vavi exactly uh, Vavi is a what is Vavi is a adult sports organization um, they actually were recently purchased by Club Waka Uh, But they run a a no-sting league on on Wednesdays as well, but they play with two balls and it's like 11 people per side and, you know, very, very social game. Yeah, I remember remember Jackie was telling me about Bobby. I mean, this is back in the day. She was explaining kind of the scene with you guys and uh, Kelly was telling her about her or maybe you were telling her about it. I was like, that's wild. Um, Like 80 people or whatever and like two balls. I wonder how they keep track of that. We'll definitely never try that in Tucson. But it was interesting, uh, and it sounded like a lot of fun. I mean, it sounded like if you guys can pull those numbers, I wonder if we could do that ourselves. Um, cool. So when did you uh, debut in the NDL? Was it, it was 2006, right? Yeah, 2006. And um, was that with All God's People as well? Or that was the no, team uh, that time I think we were the, we were the Dodgers. Do- that's right. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I think we, we played in the, uh, I think it was only the one division at the time, but we ended up losing our first game pretty badly and then got smashed by like an all women's Portland team. <laughs> and, uh, the Dodge we, we definitely couldn't let that just, just <laughs> sit. So we had to come back. I mean, they were, they were pretty good. Um, I mean, long before the women's teams that we have now, there were, there were the Dodge bells and they were, they were a pretty good looking team. I just remember thinking an all women's team. That's wild. That, that, I wonder if that will ever last in dodgeball and, and look what we've got now. So well, like their entire team was like previous softball players and they all had the, the fast pitch softball stinger throw. And <laughs> I mean, it came in fast. Excuse me. That stuff came in fast, you know? <laughs> all good. Yeah. The, uh, I just, well that and like, I think, um, just like in the Northwest in general, they had a really solid, um, league and, and stuff like that. So they, they clearly knew what they were getting into. Like I always remember um, Seattle and Portland being, they, they'd be able to produce some pretty solid teams like Seattle Rain and um, there's some Portland teams. I don't remember the names, but I just remember like that's a pretty solid area. And that's also when um, Kevin Pack and, and OSU started to show up too. So uh, oh, there's yeah. always been pretty, pretty tough. Um, okay, well, so you guys lost your first round, um, decided, hey, you know, we're going to come back and, and do better. And that's when All God's People formed. And um, I remember you guys like playing or showing up to Phoenix a few times for the uh, the tour stops, and that's when I really started to like recognize you and remember you. And it's funny because I'll never forget. And I think about this every time I see you in the parking lot. It's like, is he going to hand me a drink or or a Coors Light or say, "Hey, shotgun this with me real quick"? <laughs> and I just remember like there was something about like the first time that you did it. I was like, I, I don't have a choice. Like this guy's not going to take no for an answer, so I might as well slam one real quick and. You know, this is back when I could actually handle playing and drinking just a little bit before a game. But, uh, yeah, every time I see you, man, I, that my liver just, like, just is like, oh, God, it's the bad man. Like, like watch out. <laughs> well, back then, it was the, the chubby kid with the fro with very uh, convincing eyes. Hey, come and drink this. You know you want to. It was, it was the eyes. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, shoot, we could probably 
go all, all kinds of different ways with uh, with our drinking history. I mean, you introduced me to beer pong. I remember you had to explain it to me like three or four times. Like, I don't understand this game. Like, why would you want to? Why would you want to win? It doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I learned the hard way. Like, it's better to win. Otherwise, you're just gonna have a, a rough night. But it was a blast. Um, yeah, so before I get too crazy into, like, again, the, the drinking escapades, um, I mean, you did spend some time in Tucson. I think even before that, you'd come to t- some of the tournaments that I had run. I, I distinctly remember um, the Care Bears. Do you remember that team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Care Bears. That was a, that was a fun team. Um, I, had, I had just moved out to Tucson, and you guys are running that tournament uh, over at the hockey rink. And uh, was it Pye and Kelly, Elizondo came out for it, and... Uh, it was me and I believe Andy Perez. Oh yeah, yeah, Andy. way back when. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a lot of fun, man. I had a great time at that tournament. Um, there were some good teams there too. Remember the the Shockers? Um, yeah, like that black and yellow team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh man, we... <laughs> yeah, I remember them. Wow. Yeah, you had your, I mean, you had your stupid, typical cookie cutter, let's let's run up some frat dudes and, and have a clever name called the Shockers team that would show up for Blade World. And you had these guys who were, I mean, they, they were solid. Like they had a, a, like their jerseys and shorts matched and they even went to like uh, the NDL uh, DWC for 2008, I think. So they were, they were a pretty solid team and they, they were pretty cool guys. Um, it was great seeing them when they would come out. Um, yeah, they were kind of like the rainbows. You were, everybody on that team has some hands, you know? Um, yeah, that, I'm trying to remember playing that. those guys were it was it was actually a really good game to watch that go down. Um, yeah. Sucks the way that it ended, but you know, it happens. Yeah, they're they're such a like a wild card. Like they just came they they I mean they never came to our open gyms. They didn't play in any of the. I think we had like one or two leagues back then, um, and they were just like I would just email their captain, hey, we have a tournament coming up in May, or we have a tournament coming up in June or whatever, and they would show up. And they would make uh, some of the Grand Canyon State games as well, but um, that's that's interesting because I thought then that was like the strongest Tucson was going to be in terms of competition. And man, what what did I know? I mean, this is before <laughs> Phoenix got involved more more than because uh, you guys kept coming into the Grand Canyon State games and just stealing our medals, and it, it just drove us all crazy. And I think I remember <laughs> you guys were like. You guys were like the was it Joe Biden and you guys would come up with such weird team names too. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that was all Joe. It's all Joe. Joe is a is a wizard with these team names. Yeah, it, I just remember the, some of those are crazy, but I do remember the janitors. That's that one's kind of stuck a little bit. Was that like a co-ed team for you, or do you, do you remember that team at all? Uh, so the the janitors was a co-ed team with uh, what was it Tim Jim. Uh, Tommy and Colin okay, back then with, and I think Kelly Salamone was there with, uh, Jen Piscina. I don't remember her, but yeah, that was the janitor's team that came out. Uh, I think we might've used that for one of the Grand Canyon State games, but that wasn't um, like your stable team. No, no, not at all. Gotcha. Um, those guys were, were good, man. They're real good. So I, I wanted to ask, um, all God's people, what, uh, what what was your run? It was like 2006 to about what? 2008 was when I think I last saw them. Uh, so I, we actually only used that that team name for that one year, and then I think going into 2008, we were triple dip. Okay. <clears throat> and we had that that little last minute drama like the night before the tournament, and we had to pick up 
people uh, the day before. So it ended up being like me, Pyan, uh, Eddie Velez, John Wood, um, Kale Brown, and uh, Woodstock. Woodstock. I and, have not uh, heard that name in a very long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, man, it's, it's just so funny because I'm, I'm like trying to like reconstruct the past. Um, and these are all things like I know or used to know and, and have like photos of and, and records and, and all this other stuff. It's just so crazy to, to hear it all come up again through somebody else's perspective. What, yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's hard to believe that it was 10 years ago. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's, it, yeah. This remind me of how old I am again. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just how fast, uh, just, time flies and, and again just thinking that was the pinnacle of dodgeball like it wasn't gonna get any better than that and then here we are like you know 2018 elite dodgeball round one's done we're already looking to round two we already know it's gonna be better it's gonna be crazier it's just like man i, I guess their standards were really low back then we were just really e eager to or e really easy to uh to um impress but um that's just fun looking back sometimes. The the only other thing I want to ask about All God's People is, do you remember that poor dude that broke his arm throwing a stinger? Oh, yeah, Nobody yeah. believes um, me that this happened, so... I forget what his name... Justin... Justin... Uh, crap, I can't remember his last name. But yeah, it was, in, it was in Arizona at the Grand Canyon State Games, I think. Yep. And he just stepped up and cocked back the throw and then had that, uh, that spiral fracture, you know? That was probably the loudest pop I've ever heard on the court because I was standing next to him. And uh, I, I just looked over and just saw his arm just kind of go limp and mm. just kind of flail around there for a minute. And I was like, dude, that is freaking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> dude, what is your problem? That is gross. <laughs> Not, are you okay? <laughs> just do that is gross. Get that out of my eyesight, please. <laughs> yeah, that guy, uh, I mean, he was... He really didn't have much meat on him. He, he was pretty thin, but my God, could he throw those things insanely fast and insanely hard? And I, and you guys, uh, I don't want to say like legit terrified us, uh, evil. This is evil talking, you know, me and Mason and, and uh, all them. But we're like, we got to do something about that guy. And um, I mean, we didn't mean it like that. Like something clearly happened and, and took him out of the, out of the, the running but I'll never forget that. Like, I'll never forget how fast he threw, and I'll just never forget, like, him throwing. We're all flinching, and the next thing I know, he's, on the, he's, like, holding his arm, and I think he, he, I don't know if he went to the ground. I just remember, like, that was it. Like, he broke his arm throwing. I was like, how does that even happen? That's insane. Um, I, I just, like, yeah, to this day, I'll still tell people, but I was like, yeah, I, I know a time when a dude broke his arm throwing a dodgeball. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, the unfortunate part about that overall, though, is that that ended his dodgeball career, and he never played after that. You know, um, the guy had a lot of talent. Yeah. And that was just so horrific for him. He's just like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame because, like, it was with the stinger, and that's still something that had a lot of controversy and whether or not those things should be allowed, and obviously they've been phased out now. So it makes you wonder, like, I wonder if he could have adapted to 8.5, how crazy he would have been, especially if he'd 10 years after the fact. Kid would have been oh, a monster, yeah. but I, I don't blame him at all. I mean, if I if I suffered an injury like that, I would just be, I think I'd be done. Like, there's there's no, uh, I don't know how you overcome that. That's way different than, like, a torn labrum, I think. Um, and not to, not to cheapen that injury by any means. It's just your arm broke. <laughs> like, I don't know how you come back from that. <laughs> That's just insane. Um, 
Okay, well, so I, I kind of have a better idea. I, I, for some reason, again, you, I just think All Guys People forever, and then Care Bears, and then I think Marauders once for like a fun tournament, and then uh, boom, 2008, you're 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 moving to Tucson, and then somehow three months later we're roommates, which is insane to think about, because <laughs> like that's uh, th- again that's where like my my drinking escapades kind of ramped up a little bit and i don't blame you for i'm not saying it's all your fault um you definitely should <laughs> but i should yeah <laughs> i just remember like uh and not to again talk too much about our escapades together but yeah you're just like the one of the chillest dudes and i, I kept thinking how did how did dodgeball make this happen like how do i go from like barely knowing this dude that I would see once or twice in san diego or um or at a tournament i should say to being my roommate and now we're like you know drinking beers on on, a, on our porch um yelling at people to come drink with us because that was like your thing <laughs> and you're just like so outgoing and so like um extroverted I, I just i just couldn't believe it and the fact that people would actually come up and hang out with us was just blew my mind but it, it definitely helped me get out of my shell too um i would like to say that when you moved out uh you know me and my buddy carlos uh we kept that tradition and that's how we met a lot of our friends today that we still talk to which is kind of funny but um yeah it's just and it, it always strikes me man like dodgeball brings people together in the weirdest of ways and you may be you know acquaintances or or rivals at one tournament but fast forward a couple of years shoot you may be roommates um it's pretty pretty incredible or you may be talking to them 10 years later you know in a podcast so yeah, it's crazy because I know like some of my longest friendships, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old and my longest friendships have been in the dodgeball community, you know, so um, it's it's been a, I wouldn't say a catalyst to kind of spark and just get out and meet new people, which is other another reason why I like to, to travel so much and, and play in other leagues and other states, other cities, you know, just trying to continue to bridge that gap. Yeah, that's. Uh, I realized that when um, I was writing the article for the Seattle Classic recap, I was just thinking about my escapades in in, in Oregon and going to the Seattle Classic, and just realizing, man, there's like it's not just about a chance to play against with against different people. It's it's just meeting them and expanding that that network, meeting, uh, making new friends, and also just having just different experiences all around. Something else I wasn't, I never thought I would do. Like I never thought I'd leave Tucson. I always thought like I'm just gonna be a little homebody and never, never travel. But that seems to be um, a recurring theme, especially with you. Like it seems like you're just everywhere. Like you go to any tournament that you're available to. Um, again, pretty crazy. Say that ten years ago, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're, you're nuts. I, I don't see that happening. But um, <laughs> I definitely want to go back into that with you. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to just talk real quick. Um, so we're kind of like 2008 now. You had this crazy idea to join the army. Um, you're gone for four years, and you said you really didn't have very much dodgeball action at that point. Right, right. I mean, pretty much just closed off from everybody for the first, uh, I'm gonna say, like year and a half of my career. You know, um, don't really get to do a whole lot, see very many people. Uh, you know, basic, and then you know, advanced individual training. It just takes up all of your time. Um, what also didn't help was the fact that my first duty station out of it was, was South Korea. So it definitely didn't help. <laughs> that's, that's like two and a half years where I'm just away from everybody. You know, um, when I got to Korea, I was able to take a little bit of, of leave, you know, for that, maybe like maybe 10, 15 days, came down played a couple of practices with, uh, the San Diego group and then, you know, went right back overseas. So um getting dodgeball in at that time was just 
uh, wasn't even a possibility. Um, it wasn't until I got to Lewis where I was able to go up and, and start playing with the uh, Seattle guys. Um, I think that was probably towards the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. I think that sounds, oh, yeah, man. Sounds about right. It's crazy. Def- definitely changed my life. Yeah, for sure. Now, when you uh, so when you joined the army, and you're, you're like, were you, were you even thinking that you'd come back to dodgeball? Honestly, I didn't. I didn't even know what to expect after that. Um, I, I had no idea what the future was going to hold after I signed that contract and got ready to ship out. Um, all I can think of is like, man, I just got to get through the next few weeks and then I'll be able to, you know, go somewhere different and, and try to get acclimated to this lifestyle. But, um, once I got towards the, the second half of that contract, I was like, man, I just, I just can't wait to get back and just start playing dodgeball again. And, you know, the Seattle guys really, really sparked that, that passion up again for it. So I got to thank the Seattle street team for, for getting me back. Nice. Yeah. That, uh, so my my obviously being in the, in the reserves and guard is a little bit different, but that's I, I don't think I really contributed the credit to the the Oregon guys, but like they really got me back into dodgeball just from my brief stint when I was overseas. But I, it was nothing like like you where you're you're actually active duty for two full years. Um, so it's kind of cool that they kind of acted like a um, what do you call it um, rehabilitation for dodgeball. <laughs> it's just it's crazy i mean could you imagine um not coming back and all the things that you would have missed out on if you just um hung up your i don't know your shoes your your knee pads uh for the rest of your career it's insane to think about i'm i'm surprised um i was surprised that you came back the way you did um now it feels like you've never missed a beat like you've just been playing this whole time and there was no four-year gap in your career at least from my perspective so it was, oh, uh, I definitely appreciate that, man. Um, but I will tell you, from when I went out the first time and then when I came back, the game has changed so much. Like, um, I think that's what made it easier to to get back into it was that it wasn't like, oh, I got to get my skills back together. It was, oh, no, I'm just learning a new style of game altogether. So um, just kind of took it as something brand new to just try to get good at. <laughs> so. Right. Um, I remember back before I left, the, the common strategy was to throw that one ball and then everyone hides behind the corners with balls. And now you got pressers and people who are just holding pressure on the line. You know, it's a completely different game than it was in 08. Oh, yeah. No, it's um, it, it's funny. Cause even, like, say five years from now, I'm sure we'll say, oh, man, a completely different game too. Maybe, maybe not as drastically because I, I love to make this uh, – this uh, comparison when I'm talking to some of the older guys like um, like Serge and, and even Glenn, like, dude, check us out in 2008. Look at some of the NDL footage and just like, what is going on? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> that's not dodgeball. I don't know what that is. It's just a bunch of kids throwing balls at each other and just flailing around like like a bunch of crazies versus now where, I mean, like you said, it, it's you kind of allude to a strategy. Uh, the complexity just keeps getting um, amped up and uh, people just keep growing, so it's cool that when you came back, it wasn't stagnant. It wasn't like you came back to 2008 dodgeball because that's that's way easier to leave and say goodbye to than the now, or even uh, when you when you were um, released from the military or discharged. I guess is probably the better term. What um, I'm, I'm going to assume that's what got you involved in elite. Then I mean, you 
were obviously a competitive person. It just seemed like Elite was the next step to go for you. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know about Elite <laughs> when I got back. Uh, we were too busy trying to build this new team just to just play in tournaments. I think the thing we're looking at with Anthony and Corey and myself was just the next Grand Canyon State games that were coming up. <laughs> and um, Anthony told me one weekend, you know, uh, I'm actually going to a dodgeball tournament. And I'm like, well, what's Remy talking about? So he was playing on Riot in Elite. And uh, I was kind of interested to see what that was all about. And I was kind of just kind of sitting around at the house and I got a message the night before um, from Anthony Miller saying Joe Fernandez was looking for some fill-ins for Los Bandidos. So I went ahead and made the trek up with Corey and we hopped on Bandidos for our first elite tournament. And I mean, we got kind of got trampled because that whole team pretty much with the exception of like Joe were all like fill-in guys who've never really played elite before. Um, but after we got smashed there, it was like, huh, this is something that could be, could be great. You know, we needed to get our team together and, and come back to this. So nice. Yeah, man, it was definitely a, uh, eye opening experience. I, I've never seen so much talent in just one gym at one time. Like, just all their the things for, that these guys are doing are, are, are really good. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was, that might've been either 2013 or 2014 then. Cause I remember Los Benitos were, were a team for a little bit before, um, yeah, before Tony left for, for Arsenal, I think. Yeah. I think that was back mm-hmm. in like 2014, 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's, um, that's funny. It, it almost sounds like kind of like a, like a smaller um, repeat of what happened with the Dodgers. Like you show up to NDL, you kind of get rattled, and you come back like, hmm, how do I fix this? Same thing with Elite. It's like you show up to Elite, not really sure what to expect. You have an idea, get rocked a little bit, and they're like, okay, let's let's come back and, and get let's come back stronger. So that's pretty cool how that turned out. Well, so I mean, you, you stuck around uh, the Elite scene. Obviously, you've gotten a lot better. Um, you're definitely one of the one of the players to look out for. Um, let's talk about the international scene, especially kind of going into to, to travel. What was it like playing on Team USA in 2016? Uh, that whole experience was just crazy, man. Um, never been to Australia before. Um, and to be honest, a lot of these guys I've never played with before or, you know, I only met at the tryout. So um, showing up at the house with everybody, like the whole the whole atmosphere was just, uh, just a fun, just a fun place, man. Everybody there was just ready to get to work. And, and, uh, I think I got off right off the plane and from the plane, dropped my bags off, changed, and we went to our practice. Um, and there was some, some really good, really good ballers out there that I, I didn't even think would be possible, man. Um, that year Canada was just on fire. Um, they had like a slow showing in one of the games against Australia early on in, in round robin, but the rest of the tournament, those guys were just breezing through people, man. It's like they couldn't miss. That's a, so I need to, I need to attend one of these tournaments because, you know, I'm always just completely blown away when I go to like a new area or region where there's a lot of people playing and they're just phenomenal players, but like, I can't mentally imagine what it's like to see countries with these phenomenal players you know what i mean like i can't um uh, i want to experience that in some way um i guess 
other than Canada, what what other country really kind of just stood out for you that you guys were just like, wow, these guys are amazing. Um, I, I heard a lot of stories about about Malaysia, and it wasn't until I actually you know watched them play in person and played against them that I realized exactly how good those guys were. Um, I, I have never seen people so fast. Um, it was just ridiculous. Who? Um, I was. I don't know if I was talking to somebody about this or if I read it, but somebody said that Malaysia completely changed the way foam is played. Does that kind of echo what your what your thoughts are with them? Like, or are they just that good, or that like? Is there a strategy that they have, or what is it about them that makes them so um, so fierce? From your perspective, that you can recall. And these guys, they're they're disciplined, man. They they're fast. They they throw together. They throw hard, and um, they're very unpredictable. Um, I, I honestly, I I can't even begin to describe. Um, the feelings I had the first time I saw them play. Um, I was just glad we were able to keep up with them at the time, man. They were, they were running on all cylinders. Hmm. And uh, can you remind me, how, what did you guys, how did you guys fare in 2016? Uh, we finished fourth. fourth. We finished fourth behind Australia. Gotcha. And who took first and second? Uh, first was Canada and second was Malaysia. Gotcha. So, uh, was it was it difficult transitioning from rubber to foam to, to play on Team USA, or had you already had experience, or how did how did that play out? Let's backtrack a little uh, bit. Very difficult, very difficult. Um, I'm an eight point five guy. That's been the game since I started playing. You know, so trying to, to actually get in and, and start playing foam was a very difficult transition. Um, you watched the tapes for 2016, and I couldn't throw those balls worth it. Um, so my job was sit back and catch, you know, um, since then, I feel like I've gotten better with them. Um, I was still, I think 2016 was like my third phone tournament that I played in. So if you don't count the, uh, the tryout leading up, but, um, beforehand I hated foam and now it's probably one of my, one of my top two styles, you know, um, I I think the future is actually going to end up phasing out 8.5 and as much as it sucks to say, man, like it's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be there's no sting or foam taking it over. Yeah, I was just like, don't say it, don't say it, <laughs> don't, don't don't talk <laughs> like that way, Eric Jones. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you look at it, you know, you you have the numbers to prove it. You got Sin City where you get, I don't know, like what, twelve teams, fifteen teams for for eight point five, and you're up in like thirty eight for no sting. You know. Um, it brings in a lot more people who want to come in and be competitive. So uh, it's as much as people don't want to want to say it and want to admit it, it it's it's going to be phased out. Hopefully, it's not in in our our careers because uh, I couldn't imagine the, the world without eight point five. But uh, I, can, I think it's, it's definitely going to happen. I can, and it's it's very sad for me. Just, I don't want to <laughs> think about it. But and you have a great point. I mean, Sin City, you're right. Dang the evidence, but um, I mean, no sting like like fifty, sixty teams, some ridiculous amount. And then you got like your like you said, maybe twenty diehard uh, rubber fans. But um, I mean, in another lifetime, another universe, I'm sure I started with foam, and I probably love it. And I think eight point five is the devil. But um, in this universe, no. Uh, 8.5 is the way to go and um, aside from 8.5 what are your next uh, favorite styles or favorite types of balls 
uh, after 8.5, because again, 8.5 is is the, way. Uh, the truth right there. Um, but after 8.5, it'll be foam and then no sting. See, I would have thought sting or no sting and then foam. That's me anyway. What uh, what is it about foam that you like so much that kind of like, like how did you end up liking foam? We'll start there. Uh, it's difficult for me. Um, it's a style that I, I wasn't good at, and I just want to get better, you know. So uh, I appreciate the challenge that the foam style brings, and um, you know, I feel like it's I'm still growing with it. So um, a lot of room for improvement there. Yeah, that's uh, that's respectable. That's a pretty good way to look at it. Just uh, appreciate it for the challenge and. It definitely challenges me a lot, and I find myself dodging way more than I would with an 8.5 ball now. Is that kind of the same with you, or, or what? Uh, does anything change when you play with foam? Um, when I play with foam, I can't just put my hands out there and try to grab. I mean, those things are coming in with all sorts of weird flight patterns. It's You have to be a lot more selective in what you're going for, uh, in my opinion. Um, some people probably tell you different, but... I mean, 8.5, you know, you get a hand on it, there's a good chance you're catching it, you know. And you can reel it in or, or stop the uh, momentum and, like, have it pop up a little bit or juggle. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I was, I was playing yesterday in the foam league, and I'm just, like, you know, my hands are way more kept inside my body than the normal, just because you're right. Like, you have to select the, the right one to go for. You can't just kind of reach and, and hope for the best and let instinct tape go over because it's just it's a completely different type of feel. I think a lot of people like will let the ball impact their chest before they wrap their arms around it. Can't do that so much with foam. You kind of like fold into it if that. But then I see uh, people like Isidro just snag things out of nowhere, just out of the air, just pluck them like it's just so easy. I'm like, man, I, w- I want to learn how to do that at some point. So. Oh yeah, uh, man, that, that kid is a is a foam beast, dude. I watched him play a little bit at uh, a couple of his tournaments, man, and whew, I have never seen someone catch foam the way he does. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. Like that guy's a monster. Really impressive to watch. Just um, anywhere. Like it doesn't it doesn't you, you can even throw a ball like five feet away from him, and somehow he'll get it. <laughs> it's just oh yeah, man. He's he's already got it in his head. He's taking that ball home with him. Yep, taking it home. Gonna just put up on his little shelf, and and that'll be a it's a done deal. <laughs> um, so let's talk about growth right um you obviously you've been playing for quite some time you had a bit of a four-year hiatus ish um you come back and you're getting better and better in fact i think you're ranked what do you remember what you're ranked by chance probably should check uh was it um 18th in the west i believe yeah so i mean you had a a pretty good ranking and people know who you are they know you know i should watch out for this guy i probably shouldn't throw at him how do you how do you do that how do you continue to improve and not stagnate um, most of it is, is that, that Sunday 8.5, you know, in San Diego, you know, just four and a half hours of playing with guys like Tim Fullerton and Justin Pine, you know, um, and we get a lot of guys that come down from LA who, who are incredibly talented, you know, um, it's, it's always something that we're working on when we're down there and it's not just, just one style, you know, we switch it up different ball styles. Um, really it's just you're mixing in and playing with people you don't normally play with. Well, I say that, but um, at this practice, so you're, you're kind of getting to know how other people see the game as well. And it helps you kind of evolve your game a little bit. So you can kind of like pick and pull from what they're doing. Absolutely. You know, um, I started playing corner when I made Arsenal. um, And 
I had to to learn a lot and study Tim, you know, quite a bit for for what I'm doing. And I'd ask him sometimes, like, let me know what you're seeing and what I need to improve on, you know. And Tim has been very very helpful when I first started out with with that transition. So um, we have a great group down here, and everyone is just committed to to getting better. So as long as we got that common goal, um, I think we're going to continue to continue to thrive. That's a really good point that you bring up. And that was something that um, maybe not a lot of people know about Tim is that he's always down to like, I don't say help you out, but he's always down to talk about dodgeball and and, uh, just be real with you. Um, I was surprised I was able to get what I did out of him during the interview with him. But like, he's uh, he's a very approachable guy. And the fact that he's willing to, to kind of break down what he sees. I mean, that, that could be such valuable information for anybody that's there and able to watch it and internalize that. And that's a, that's a huge, like, I guess, kudos to, to him. Cause you, you think, and, and I'm guilty of this too, like rise is just a bunch of D bags. You know, they're, they're in a little corner <laughs> and they're, they're just too good to mingle with the common folk, but uh, that's really not the case. And I know I get a lot of, uh, I don't get a lot, but I, I do get some, some, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here? I can't think of it. But I do get some whatever. I'll insert that later. Um, about how much, how many rise people that I'm talking to on this podcast. But there's a reason for it. It's because they're they're down to to chat dodgeball and and they're very open and outgoing people. So um, if anybody's listening that has a chance to go to these practices, if it's open, I guess I should probably qualify that first. I would definitely recommend doing that because it seems like whoever comes out of there, you know, like Anthony Miller, yourself. Um, just people that come out of their, their practices end up taking something with them that's really valuable and makes them a better player. So you're making me want to go to San Diego now, even more so. Yeah, you're, you're always welcome, brother. Always welcome. I think I'll be going before uh, month's end. We'll see. But um, cool. So let's kind of transition into just the fact that you've been playing for as long as you have. Um, what is your favorite dodgeball memory to date? Um. <laughs> So that would have to be the 4v4 with Happy Holidays. Uh, Nick Factorian, Brianna London, Alex Alvarez, and myself um, went in there with some ugly Christmas sweaters and ended up taking it home. You know, uh, a lot of good teams there and a lot of a long day of dodgeball, man. Um, turned it on in the bracket. So it was, it was a really good time. Nice. So just a, n- nothing in particular about that. Just overall, the event was a good time. And well, I mean, there's the you know there's the catch, but um, honestly, I didn't even know I pulled that down until I looked at it in my hands. But um, that that moment was just crazy. Uh, I didn't. I, I could have swore Andrew's about to blow up my face. Is that uh, is that the catch that went viral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what Sergio De Leon's talking about? Sergio- yeah, Sergio brought that up earlier. Why am I calling him De Le- <laughs> Sergio Leone? I'm sorry, dude. I, I keep calling him De Leone. I don't know why I did that. Bad Steve. Um, okay, so I was wondering what that was. Um, dang. So you had a, uh, per his words, a, how did it feel having his clip of catch and catch him at point blank go viral? So do you remember that at all? Like, Can you kind of replay that a little bit? Yeah, so I remember... Uh... I had a ball in my hand and so did, so did catch him. And we both threw at each other and our balls collided. And I looked around and realized I had nothing around me while Ketchum was leaning down, picking up the next ball and just charging me. So 
my whole thing was, oh, just get up and protect your face. And it just kind of stuck. And I just didn't know I had it. And so I looked down. Um, apparently it was pretty, uh, pretty intense at the moment, but, um, yeah, that put us up or tied us up one, one in the final. So nice. definitely needed to be done. I mean, it's uh catching, catch them, whether it's foam, rubber, no sting, any kind of balls, no, no small feet, but to do that with, uh, with that kind of pressure on you and he's, you know, you're the only person on his mind. That's, I'm sure that's a great feeling. Um, if you catch it, I'm sure it's pretty, pretty scary if, if not, but, uh, that's awesome. I was wondering what, um, Nicholas Factoria meant about happy holidays. It's like, mm, must be like an inside <laughs> joke, but I get it now. Um, yeah. But, uh, catch him paid me back in Sin City with that face shot. He'll do that. And, and no sting. So yeah, you know, it kind of balanced itself out. Yeah. If you, if you catch him, you can guaranteed you're going to get a face shot coming your way. So, I mean, <laughs> Not to think that I know how he plays, but I know that if I catch one, if I can just stay low and protect the face, I might be okay for a couple rounds because that's just how it—that's how he pays you back. So that's—I'm uh, not surprised to hear that, but yeah, it's what it is. Dude, I could not see out of my right eye for the rest of the day. That thing hit me so square. Like, and that was a nose sting ball. Yeah, nose sting ball right into the eyeball. Oof! Yeah, that's not good. Well, good thing you didn't have like a detached retina or anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness. It's so weird, man. Like, it, not to get too deep into this, but like, I was watching. I wasn't watching. I was on my phone um, playing Clash of Clans during a no sting game for Sin City, and a ball just like bounced ever so lightly onto my eyeball, and I lost my vision for like thirty seconds. I was almost freaking out. Like, it just barely like kissed my eyeball. You know, it was it wasn't bad at all compared to like a throw from Ketchum. So, the fact that you're fine and you walked away from that—that's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> Um, oh man well it's kind of getting to the i guess that's a good way to get into like the facebook questions that uh was able to source kind of last minute um katie sanchez asks what is your favorite brand of iced tea uh, it's, it's gold peak all the way um some of the best tea out there um if they're listening we're looking for sponsors <laughs> there you go is there <laughs> something behind that iced tea comment or is that just a like a, just a, oh, that's my. Uh, it's usually my my fun tournament drink is the the whiskey iced tea. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And Billy Schmidt's asking, "What is your favorite mixer with the iced tea?" So I imagine some whiskeys. What what does it? That's your fun drink. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on uh depends on what you got at the store. If you only got unsweetened tea, you get the Tennessee honey. If you got some sweet tea, then you you grab the uh, regular Jack Daniels. But Nice. Sounds like you Either gotta... way, it still gets you drunk and you still have a good time. So, Gotcha. And then we got uh, Emilio Veliz asks, um, or he just mentions the game that he single-handedly beat the other team in the finals. I feel like you do that more than once, but do you might by any chance know what he's talking about? Uh, I think he's going back to the, the 4v4. Gotcha. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Gotcha. Um, and he does ask, who are your favorite fellow dodgeballers from the other three elite regions, North, East, and South? Oh, man. All right. Well, kind of putting uh, you on the spot there. But, and it doesn't have to be three. Just whoever comes to mind. Let's just start with North. Uh, <clears throat> favorite guys in the North, man, would have to definitely be uh, Cody Foley. And that guy's that guy freaking hilarious. And um, Hector, man, Gordo from Task Force. That's, that's my dude up there. Let's do uh let's do East now. Uh is it cheating if I say Billy? 
I mean, he's a, he's a West Coast guy, but um, Billy Schmidt is going up there just wrecking stuff on the East. You know, Anarchy had a good showing. Oh, I heard uh, out of there around one. Um, Steven Decker, you know, Amanda Ashley are two of my favorite people out there on the East as well. Nice. Yeah, Steven Decker's a cool guy. How about uh, how about South? Uh, South, Anthony Miller. It's my it's my boy. Um, Arsenal, Violent Knights, you know, um, he's doing big things down there too. Um, Cody Stidham, another guy, uh, I was on 16 with and, uh, really got to become better friends with him, man. He's probably one of the coolest dudes I've met over, over this, this span. So nice. Yeah. I've only talked to Cody briefly cause I was, I was trying to source people for, for the South recap and he was, he was really quick to help me out. So he seems like a cool guy. And then, obviously, Amanda Ashley definitely want to go back. She's awesome as well. So I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, she's still healing happen. up from that from that ACL. So yep. uh, heal up, girl. Hope to see you out there soon. Yep, speedy recovery. And then um, Markel Stokes asked, "Who was the hardest thrower you've caught?" I mean, it would be stupid to not say catch him. You that's, know, that's, I mean, this guy throws missiles. Case. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I mean, that's kind of. I, it's almost like an easy one. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be catch him. I, I guess maybe, okay, here we go. Pre-catch him. And even pre-elite, who was, if you can recall, like your biggest threat going back in back in the day? I would say probably Doom Train, man. That guy had some whip on those things. I was wondering if you're going to say Mason. Man, I, like the, the funny thing about Mason was his behind-the-back throw was just as hard as his regular throw. Yeah, you say funny thing. I I beg to differ because it's <laughs> it just it doesn't and like his you couldn't tell when it was coming. Like you can sense just because you've known him for so long. Maybe he had like a little twinkle in his eye, or you're just like you know what? I think I'm due for behind the back. It's it's coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay really low. But yeah, I mean he would just uh, he wouldn't change anything. He just boom. It's now it's coming up from the ground into your face, or now it's coming from over the shoulder into your face, or. What I was really not a fan of was when he would do his like freaking like 360 cyclone throw and he would just like let his arm completely go limp and he would just <laughs> fling that thing. <laughs> that was my God. I caught one and I thought I, w- I just had like internal bleeding from my chest for like the longest time. And people were like, whoa. And I was like, don't cry. Like this hurt a lot. <laughs> like it's not worth it. But uh, yeah, remember, remember the good old days when Mason Shank was, a, was a, the scary guy? Yeah, man. I, I, nice. I wish he was still still doing his thing with with elite right now. But that that guy was that guy was insane. Uh, he, he was one of the people you always had to keep your eye on. Like you took your eye off him, chances are you're getting hit in the face. Yep. Not to mention he's he's always been a, a cool guy. I don't know if you uh, if we socialized that much back when you were in Tucson, but uh, I got to know him a lot more. I mean, I, I guess I always knew him, but I we we really started hanging out. More and more uh, towards like 2011, 12 time frame. He's he's just. Uh, I mean, you still talk to him. He's still a good dude. So maybe one day we can get him back into dodgeball and kind of show him like, hey, dude, you're no longer the biggest dude in town. Or you you have to <laughs> kind of reclaim your throne there. Um, just put him and Andrew in a showdown. Yeah, he needs an on ramp. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but I think after getting blown up by catch him, he'd be like, okay, Doom Train has to. Has to step it up now. That would be interesting to watch, though. I'd pay money to see that. So did did Mason pass off his his Doom Train powers to to Baby Doom Train and Justin Acton or what? Baby Doom Train. I wonder if uh, if you'd fly with that. I don't know. And that's another guy that can just 
sling balls like no other. Um, I think no, I think uh, I think the Doom Train mantle is still up for grabs. To be honest with you, <laughs> Justin's a different type of of scary, but not not Doom Train scary. I mean, there's a reason why I gave him that nickname. Is like this guy's charging after you. Like it's good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will not end well for you. Yeah, I mean, you could try, and it might end well, but there's a good chance no. And I've seen people run out of bounds to avoid them. So man, those are the good old days. Those are fun times. <laughs> Um, so let's go, uh, let's go to the other question here. And that was, uh, Joe Martinez from Outsiders, who I just got to meet, uh, not too long ago, asked, what are you expecting to see in the South this weekend? So I guess tomorrow by the time this airs. Oh man, the South has a lot of good phone players there too. Um, I'm expected to, to get down there and, and really have our work cut out for us over there on, on Lone Star. Uh, I'm very, very thankful that, that Cody asked me to come down and, and play with them and for this tournament. So uh, I'm just going to try to go out there and, and do my best. Um, they, they've got some some definite foam monsters down there, man. Like Vaughn Kelly is a, is a freaking beast. Anthony Miller, uh, Jalen Gardner. You know, every one of those guys, Jonathan Harper, can can throw these things with, with some serious uh, some serious intention. So uh, got to be what on is- high alert this weekend. And what what exactly is taking place this weekend? Uh, Dodge War Four, I believe, is the name of the tournament in Dallas. Dodge War Four, huh? I was gonna pull up the event. My phone just died, but um, yeah, it's a it's a co-ed, is it, yeah, seven on seven tournament. Uh, six guys, one girl. Nice. Should be a a good time, man. Okay, so this is a Dallas dodgeball thing. It looks like I'm pulling yes, up on uh, yes. the interwebs. Cool. Dang, dude. So, I mean, you just, I mean, you came back from Seattle, what, last weekend? And now you're off to, to Dallas? Yeah, man. It never <clears throat> sleeps, dude. You can't take days off. Well, that, that definitely adds to that question, or the answer, rather, of, you know, how do you stay so sharp and, and, and competitive? This is why. I mean, shoot. One week and you're in Seattle, next week and you're in Dallas, and then... Well, we got like Portland coming up in a couple weeks, so that won't be too far off. Are you uh, are you going anywhere else in the in the next couple uh, of weeks before round two? Yeah, uh, April twenty first, Throwdown, Minneapolis, playing with uh, Trash Pandas, you know Cody Foley's team. Uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that one as well, man. Should be should be very interesting. Um, like I said, both of these both of these places, Dallas and, and Minneapolis, man, their their foam game is strong. So nice. gotta gotta come ready to play. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that, that's a great way to um, trial by fire. It's a great way to, to get get better. Um, Absolutely. Do you have maybe this is a bit of an unfair question? Do you have like a favorite region or city that you just love going to to play? Uh, I would have to say the north, man. Going up to the north is is always fun. The people up there are very nice. Um, you know, uh, the competition is is good. But uh, they get to play pinch. We don't get to do that. So uh, going up to the north is probably my favorite just because of that extra ball, that ball style. So that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot to ask. What are your thoughts on pinch? Obviously, it sounds like you enjoy it. Oh, I love pinch, man. Pinch, in my opinion, is, is probably one of the uh, more fun games, in my opinion. Uh, what you see a lot of times is a lot of people 
struggle to hit things in pinch, but you play against a team that knows what they're doing with, with these balls, like, you know, like the task forces and Krakens and Grand Rapids dynasty. Um, those guys, they're, they're thrown with intent and they're hitting more than they're missing. They're so, aiming. Again, if you want to get better, you got to play the best. So That's awesome. That's a, that's a really good attitude. Um, here's a weird question. Did uh did the army influence your attitude towards competition at all? Or were you always competitive? Uh, I've always been competitive, man. Back from when I was a kid, trying to beat my brother in Sega Genesis to to playing dodgeball now, man. It's always been the same type of fire and intensity. Nice. Um, I I don't like to I don't like to lose, and I don't take it very well. But uh, I I do look at it as an opportunity to to reflect and and uh change my game up a little bit every time it happens so it's funny you just triggered a memory i remember playing beer pong against you once i finally understood what, what i was doing and even then you were always like competitive and not wanting to lose and sometimes you wouldn't you would just like fight to the death and i'd just be like dude let it go like, like did you ever just like turn it off <laughs> it's funny uh, i've gotten better at turning it off i think yeah <laughs> in the right situations you know right i think that just comes with with getting old but just learning to, to let go sometimes and, and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, so Vince asked, and I'm not really sure what he means by this question, what team would you never play with and why? And I'm wondering if that's like a, not, not a diss on any particular team, but if there's like a team where you're just like, no thanks, or because it, it seems like you just would go anywhere for a tournament. You'll, you'll travel anywhere. You'll hop on a team with anybody. So I'm not really sure how to, how to ask that question other than just how he wrote it. Um, any thoughts on that one? Uh, to be honest, there's really not a team that I wouldn't play with. I mean, as long as you can, you have a spot open and uh, you can promise me a, a good time, you know, I'll be, I'll be down to, to fly out and, and play. Um, if we had to say something about the West region, you know, probably um, – the teams I wouldn't play on would be teams that I've played with several people on those squads with, you know, like, right. um, right. I've played with Mark and I've played with, with Brett and Alex and, uh, I haven't played with Cliff yet, but, you know, but that probably would be a team that I wouldn't play on just because I, I've played with them before. You know, I like to play with new people and change it up, which is also why I travel so much. So, um, oh. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what we're really looking for for that question, but, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Just that because of your your um, your interest in, in going places and, and playing with teams, you don't really seem to have like a. Well, I'll never play with that team because they're they're bad people or or whatnot. So, pretty good answer for that one. And um, those, I think that's all the questions I got or I received from people. Um, thank you to everybody that actually caught that in their thread and and asked questions. It's always fun, new thing to, to throw in here. You know, I, I bet I can actually think of a team that you would not play for, and it's a, it kind of goes back to the good old NDL days. Did you ever have an interest in the NDL pro tryouts or pro teams? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I when I got back and we went back to uh, WDC with Arsenal that year, I did try out. Um, at the time, like I said, it was that was probably the biggest tournament that was around. You know, before Elite started doing their national tournaments and whatnot. So. Uh, I did try out. Uh, I got put on San Diego with uh, Justin, Billy, Casey, Colin, and Lil J. Um, 
But mainly the, the motive behind that was I didn't want to pay like $350 to play seven divisions in a tournament, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you become one of their quote unquote pros and your price is cut in half. So it looked at it as a way to save money if it's going to the next one, but then we actually never went back after that. So gotcha. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was free when I was there. So that was a, a perk. And uh, I mean, from 2005 to seven, it, it did seem like it had a lot of promise. And so there was, there was that, there was more to it than just playing for free. But um, yeah, that was, that was a heck of a perk. I mean, like you said, if you're paying upwards to like 350 per player, not per team, per player to play in this tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want me to pro? Sure, man. Sign me up. I'll, I'll do whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm play for free. <laughs> I can promise you the world just let me get in um well cool man well it sounds like you have a lot to look forward to in 2018 so that that would be my next question but uh, i guess i'll ask it anyway aside from what we already talked about with these tournaments coming up with the north and uh in dallas anything else that you're just specifically looking forward to for this year um just looking at round one <laughs> on the west region we had so many more teams than we normally do and I think that number is going to increase when we get up to Portland for round two. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see um, how, how much the, the West region has been taken off. You know, we're just so lucky to have the amount of talent that we do on this coast. Um, so if, if we can continue to grow uh, this region, maybe open up a couple others. Um, it, it, it should be a really good, really good year for, for elite dodgeball as a whole. Um, I saw that the, uh, that the women's teams are starting to, to get bigger down in the South and, and in the East regions. And, um, honestly, I, I just hope that they get to grow as, as much as we do. Um, the women's division has so many incredible players that are there and, uh, it would be great to have a lot more teams coming out to that and, and, uh, challenging these teams from the West. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, talking to Marie and, and kind of getting a, an understanding of what she did uh, for the recap and how she was very instrumental in bringing uh, a women's division to the South was, was awesome. It's great to see people are willing to put the time in and the work to build something. And it just makes you wonder what's it going to be like next year and the year after that. And it, it's all got to start from somewhere. I mean, to think that Elite started with eight people or excuse me, eight teams and now, now look at it, it's, it's just huge. Um, it spans across regions uh you got uh nash i mean it's just it's incredible what uh how something so large can start with something so small and so hopefully um you know women's division will will continue to grow and expand in the south but um that's a pretty op optimistic look man and, and i think um you you can appreciate this um as much as i can it's um quite a difference from what we look forward to in 2008 right we're like <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to go to Vegas in 2009. Cool. Um, there'll be a couple of Grand Canyon State Games tournaments that we'll see each other at, but, uh, you know, it's pretty much going to be the height of dodgeball for us. So it's uh, it's definitely something I'm very grateful for. Um, and I say that all the time in these podcasts, but it, it, I mean, I, I mean it. Um, and I mean it from coming from, you know, 2005 and beyond. So you know exactly what I'm talking about there. Oh, yeah. That, <clears throat> that's always been the biggest problem. Um especially back then with, with NDL trying to get a hold on things, you know, it's like, listen, you guys don't do enough stuff on the West coast for us to, to gain interest to want to do more for you. So, um, Mark and, and, and Glenn and Vince and those guys have done uh, a tremendous job of, of building the elite brand. And, you know, it's, it's in every city just about now, you know, 
um, miles and miles away from where uh, the NDL was trying to get us headed back then. So uh, great job to those guys. And, you know, anything we can do to help, you know, we should be more than willing to do it. For sure. And that's the thing is like, it's, it's, it's matched. If you're willing to help, there's a place for you. There's something you can do. It's not, um, not to turn this into an NDL bashing uh, minute or two, but it's received it, the market market and co are very receptive to how you can help. And that's why it's been so successful. It's not just because, uh, you know, um, somebody's controlling every little minute thing. It's, um, it's definitely community oriented and it's just amazing. It gets better every month. The, um, the only other question I have for you, and this may come as a, as a curveball, but, uh, who? Eric Jones. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> is that just? Oh man, never... uh, this is again back in the uh, in the NDL days. We started playing. Um, it was when Mike Jones, I think, was uh, starting to get hot back then. Um, and Anthony Elizondo, every every chance he got, would just walk by and just go, "Who?" And I would I would respond with Eric Jones, um, as loud as I could. And it nice. just kind of continued to, to to carry on over the years. Uh, it went from just Elizondo to, to to you know you guys in Tucson and Phoenix, and it's it's hilarious. I <laughs> I laugh every time. It's awesome. <clears throat> when uh when I when I saw you after you came back from your your military stint, I asked that and was like, I wonder if he's going to respond the way he's supposed to. Like, how much has the <laughs> army changed him? And then as soon as you, you like you had that like smile, like Eric Jones, like I can't I can't even like mimic what you do. I was like, ah, oh, we didn't lose him. He's the same. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it makes me happy every time I do it. Um, awesome. Cool, man. Well, uh, that's all I can think of. So I think we'll just go ahead and uh, end the interview there. So that was Eric Jones from Arsenal, but also from the good old days. Uh, I really enjoyed spending time catching up and talking dodgeball with an old friend and hope that you enjoyed it as well. I did have to uh, edit out a lot of uh, personal conversations that we had uh, just because I wanted to stay somewhat on topic, but it was a great time. And um, as I said with the conclusion of my episode with Tim Fullerton, Dodgeball has provided a type of consistency for me that I never would have expected, and it makes us all that much more appreciative that it's just come to our lives. Uh, to go from acquaintances to rivals to roommates to friends to even brothers in arms, uh, Dodgeball has really just been a common thread uh, amongst us, uh, me and Eric. And I'm pretty sure I don't speak alone when I say that Eric is one of those people that really just makes your life that much more enjoyable. So huge shout out to, to this guy. Uh, before I get too much further into this bromance, I, I do want to say a, a heartfelt thank you to those that submitted their questions last minute and for those that are tuning in week after week, interview after a recap after interview. Uh, you know what I'm going to say at this point, but I'll say it anyway. Your feedback, suggestions, and uh, comments are always welcome. I do want to say good luck to all those that will be participating in the Dodge War 4 in Dallas as well as the Elite North Region Round 1 Tournament. I will definitely be watching for uh, recap purposes. Um, Till then, have a great weekend, and I'll see you all next time. All right, for reals this time. In three... Two, one.
fucking forgot to breathe again. Why? 